What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost and Lifting Talk. Today's episode was a really fun one to record. It was with my good friend Jeremiah Bear, who was another coach in the space doing really, really good things. We get into a lot about coaching, how it could be so beneficial. We talk about our own coaching practices and how we work with clients as well as we talk a little bit about the business side of coaching as well. So if you're a new coach um, wanting to maybe learn or hear from some coaches that have been doing this for a little bit of time and what to expect and whatnot, this will be a really good conversation for you to listen to and maybe take a few nuggets from, as well as we hop into a lot of fitness and nutrition type strategies and tips that are going to help everybody else who's not actually interested in the coaching aspect of things. We'll give you a lot of really good tips as well. Like I said, Jeremiah knows what he's talking about. Super knowledgeable dude. He's been doing this for the last five or six years and he's helped a ton of people. So stick around enjoy this episode. If you'd be so kind, I'd really appreciate it if you guys would go down below, leave the podcast a review. If you have a little bit of extra time, if you could leave it a written review, that'd be even better. And then go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode and put it up on your stories. Make sure to tag me in it. You can tag Jeremiah as well. And we'll make sure to repost the repost your story as well. And personally, thank you for listening. We'd really appreciate that. So without further ado, let's just hop right in. So you just told me that you came from Nebraska. Tell me um, what brought, what took you to Arizona? You're in Scottsdale, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I moved to Scottsdale the end of August. So for me, straight up, I just hate the cold. That was the biggest thing for me. Like, um, Did you just move there by yourself or yeah. like family? So my girl's out here. She oh, got cool. a job out here um, early August. And then, so and you're both from Nebraska. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're both from Nebraska. And then a couple of my buddies actually just moved out over the last couple of weeks. So I have a whole group of people migrating here now, oh, which is cool. great. But yeah, all my family is back in Nebraska, which is honestly the hardest part of all of it. I am from a huge family. I have eight siblings oh, and I do, I do miss everybody a lot, but the beauty of it is like a flight back to just very close to my hometown is only bucks which is straight up like cheaper than it was for me to drive Only 50 bucks it's insane yeah from mesa to grand island which is like two hours from my hometown that's crazy so it's not that bad to get home yeah you can actually fly so from i'm in on like the idaho utah border so right next to utah if you go like an hour and a half into utah into a um, a city called ogden you can fly into phoenix for like less than a hundred dollars both ways which is crazy how the the flights are so cheap for oh, some reason, going into that hub for some reason, like fifty dollars is ridiculous. And they're kind of janky flights. I mean, it's it's really like yeah, so yeah. cheap. You can't complain about it at all. Yeah. What's your hometown? Um, Cook, Nebraska. Cook, Nebraska. That's cool, man. Cook, yes, sir. That's cool. So, thanks for coming on, dude. I really do appreciate I'm it. Supposed to be here, man. The roles are kind of reversed from last time we talked, but I know that was just what was that last Monday that we did that? I think like within the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So with your podcast, how is that going? You haven't released it yet, right? You I just... have not released it yet. So cool. my first, I have the first five episodes recorded. I have You've done five of them so far. Yeah. So I have three, I have two interviews. I have you, Matt McLeod on there. So it's gonna be I great. saw that you brought Matt on. That's cool. Yes, I, I really like his work. I don't know him personally, but um, his podcast is dope too. He brings <laughs> on some big people too. Which for like when he first started, he had all these big guys come on. Like, <laughs> That's intimidating because just getting on, you know what I mean? Recording, no, I yeah. It. So That's I, uh, I had respect for him for that for sure. 
No, and both of you brought such great insights. That's what Tuesday was actually. That was the first day I, you, everybody I hit up, I basically said, yo, like, just, I work from home. Tell me when you can do it. Let's make it work. You both have it on Tuesday, which I know, like, for you in the middle of my podcast, which people will probably hear, like, the dude that, that was supposed to change my lights on Monday because I had a bunch of light bulbs burn out. <laughs> up. And so I was like, like mid-podcast, I had to hop up and go tell him, yo, no, like, I can't. I can't have people walking around here for the podcast. And then he came back. He's like, okay, I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> Decided to come back in the middle of Matt's episode. Oh, shit. That's funny. Anyways. Yeah. So podcast should be out. Random tangent. But I'm just wrapping up the final touches. Just got the artwork done, everything like that. So podcast should be out within the next few weeks, depending on how quick they can get it pushed through to iTunes. I think the maximum length of time for that is like two weeks. So it should be within the next two weeks, which I'm very yeah. excited about. It took mine quite a Like I remember pushing it to iTunes and whatnot. It felt like it took like a month for it to, really? to it probably wasn't quite that long. It was probably two to three weeks, but it just felt like forever. Cause you're not really like in charge. It just decides when it's going to turn on. So you know weird. what I mean? Yeah, it is weird. It is weird. Are you doing like all of your own recording and everything like that too, for your podcast or not recording, excuse me, your own editing or have you got that hired out? As of now, I, the first couple I tried to, I've been editing and honestly, that's been the hold up. I was trying to do it all myself then. I just actually hit people up on Fiverr to do it because eventually oh, cool. like, that works. an unnecessary amount of, do you, do, do you edit all yours? Right now? Yeah. I'm just doing them um, uh, myself. It's not the ones like where you're working or like talking with somebody. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot to edit. If you're interviewing or talking with somebody, there's not a lot to edit. You know what I mean? But right. when you do them yourself, have you done your own episodes without bringing anybody on yeah. them and just like rambling? Those ones I feel like take longer than the ones that I actually do with like a guest because you get, I don't know. Do you feel the same way when oh, I'm doing yeah. them myself? I almost feel more pressure on myself when like I stutter and, and say, um, all the time and will pause to try to collect my thoughts on, on what I'm trying to portray in those types of episodes. So I feel like the editing in those is, is more, but at the moment, yeah, I'm just doing it myself. Yeah. No, that's exactly how I feel. That's what like no podcast that I've been on have I ever gone back and listened to because I don't want to overanalyze it. And that's what the yeah. same thing with like, if it's just you talking, which I think for me is a benefit of actually having somebody else do it. Because otherwise you get to be such perfection. It's like, damn it, I can't believe I said that. I got to cut that out. But then yeah. it's like, well, I might as well just re-record this whole episode. I've done but. that already. Yeah, I did that when I first started. <laughs> that exact thing. But yeah, I think that's super important. It's not just judging yourself too much and just letting it flow and not overanalyzing things. Because the more that you do, obviously, the, the more comfortable you're going to get. And uh, they're just going to flow better instead of trying to go back and be be perfect with it i'm the same way though like the one that me and you did after i was like damn i said that i said that like i felt like i talked in circles a little bit but it's like you've got to do it and get into it and start get comfortable with it before you're going to get better and the only way to do that is put them out to the public and just get started right so that's the way it goes it's just like everything else dude just like you always say imperfect action right nobody else cares everybody else were like that's oh that's a good podcast if you go off from that i don't care they said um it's just us in our heads over there yeah, exactly. So um, to get started into all this, like I said, thanks, man, for for coming back on. I really do appreciate it. I would love to um, understand with you uh, just by following your content, getting to know you a little bit in the last little while, um, just seeing how good of a, a coach that you really are and and your knowledge and the way that you portray your content and everything is very um, practical, but yet very researched as well like you just you understand what you're talking about you're very a very very knowledgeable coach i'd love to know what you were doing before you were 
coaching people. What, how old are you? I am 26. 26. So yeah. So how long, how long have you been coaching for? So I started coaching when I was 21. My last, it's been a while. Yes, sir. So like five years and whatever math, but so five, five and a half years, essentially I've been coaching. Um, yeah. So honestly, how it worked for me, I got into coaching straight up. (laughs) I honestly didn't never had worked hard at anything in my life until like, Right before my senior year of high school, my junior year of high school, during football, there was one buddy. We would go hit the weight room, but like all we would do was straight up bicep curls. Just mm-hmm. literally that. Um, there was a dude on the football team giving a speech. So every Thursday night, all the senior captains would like give this speech to hype everybody up before the Friday night game, right? Dude was yeah. doing the, the peck pop thing. We just, me and my buddy thought, that would be so funny if we could do that. So that was what got us super into training. Like into the fitness side of things? Um, that was like, okay, I got to learn how to make this happen. Um, from there, honestly, man, as crazy it is, as it is, it was like I started, like I fell in love with training like pretty quick after that. And I was like right away like, I want to I wanna be a personal trainer. Like, I have no idea even what a trainer does. I'm going to go to school, which – looking back didn't really make as much sense. Like I'm going to go to school to be a trainer. I got super into partying again, like for the longest time, I had a very hard time finding. I knew that I wanted to do something with fitness. And even weirdly, I knew that I wanted my business to be online, but I didn't really like have any direction or like sense of fulfillment with my life. Still like all I cared about was really partying. So I started with like nutrition exercise, health degree. I eventually switched to business just because I kept failing chemistry because I would never study. I wouldn't work at it, anything like that. So eventually, um, towards my last couple of years, I started training when I was 21. I started training at the rec center. And over time, that really, my first couple of sessions, I honestly hated training also. It was personal like, training, like yes, working with people one-to-one. Yes, yeah. sir. I didn't, it was like, damn, like this isn't at all what I expected. Like, but people aren't getting results. A lot of my clients, which was very hard as a new trainer, a lot of my clients could speak English. So I was having a very hard time, like, eating on the same page when people is very now this is just me complaining like i absolutely love coaching now but this is in nebraska right yes sir so this was at the campus rec center okay cool so um i eventually got this dude that just got crazy results i remember one day he came in he was like his words exactly were i've never been able to shop at j crew or i've never been able, he always shopped at j crew i've never been able to buy a pair of pants from j crew because they don't make clothes for fat people is what he said. I just bought my first pair of pants with J. Crew. And this dude was so stoked because he could finally fit in, fit in a pair of pants with J. Crew. And like that was such a little thing. But for me, it was like, oh, shit. Like For the longest time before that, I feel like I had just been searching for like, there's like nothing in my life that makes me feel anything. And this is, we could get way down this a different rabbit hole. This yeah, is a whole other tangent. But I could never find anything that like gave me a sense of purpose, sense of fulfillment. I always felt like I was just like kind of melancholy. Like my sedation for everything in life had turned into partying and lifting weights. I really didn't mm. care about anything else. I was very bitter and judgmental towards people, a very, very unhappy person. And for me, that just flipped the switch. It was crazy. Like I remember I went home and I literally mapped out, like, okay. These are what the next five years of my life are going to look like. It's the hardest thing for me to explain, but 
here's what the next five years of my life are going to look like. Here's what I want to create. This is what I want to do with fitness. Like this shit. Sorry, hopefully it's okay if I swear. No, you're good, man. Feel free. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) Like this feeling, I want so much more of that. And it just lit such a fire under my ass for coaching people. And that's like the weird thing for me that's sometimes hard to communicate is it's not like fitness isn't for me the thing. It's like for me, I fell in love with training. I love I love working out. I love learning out over training and nutrition. But it's not like I got ripped and that completely changed my life and my confidence. For me, it's like I started coaching people and I saw the difference that I could make in other people's lives. And that in turn gave me a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And that's why I love it so much. I can relate to that so, so much, man. Like I remember getting fit and everything. Once I started to get into it, I started to get like a six pack and, and started looking pretty good. Got lean, had some muscle. And I, 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 a lot of people will say that that's where like they got their confidence from and, and like where their whole life started to change. You know what I mean? They started to get some self-esteem, but for me, that started to happen when, when, with, when I was coaching and I was able to make a difference in somebody else's life. Exactly. That's when I started to become more confident in myself and especially as a coach too, is, is to understand that you played a role in somebody else's right. life and that might affect them forever because the habits they were to learn with you, um, hopefully they can carry on with those on their own and that might turn into a drip effect onto more people and whatnot. It just gives you a purpose, you know what I mean? To where no, exactly. then you start to get some confidence and start to feel like your life actually has some meaning behind it so i can definitely relate to that for yeah, sure that's cool. no, that's that's dope and that's what i think for most people that coach that's the thing i get it that it's easier to sell like hey if you have abs what's up like all dudes that want to lose weight if you have abs you're gonna feel amazing you're not having any life issues you're gonna be super fulfilled but really like looking at certain ways of fulfillment i think that like for us as coaches seeing a client like seeing yourself become a more disciplined person is why fitness changes people's lives, right? Yeah. Like I feel like so many people that come in and make a crazy transformation, they've been telling themselves for years and years and years, like, I'm going to do this. This is the week I'm going to do this. And then they end up letting themselves down. Mm-hmm. Each time that chips away your respect for yourself a little bit more, I feel like. Now, this is kind of just a random philosophy that no, I like. I like where you're going. Yeah, I like where you're going with it. But – because really, truly, that's why coaching is so fulfilling. We see people just, like, I know you've seen it. People's personalities completely change. And their confidence does change. But again, it's not as great that you're in great shape now. You have abs and you will feel a lot better physically. You'll be able to bring a better version of yourself. But it's not like abs are the thing. It's like you've made yourself such a disciplined person that doesn't let yourself down anymore. And that carries over to every other area of your life outside of the gym. And that's why it changes people. And that's also why coaching is so fulfilling is it's not just people are ripped. It carries over to every other area of their lives, right? Exactly. It can carry over into their relationships, their finances, all that type of stuff. That it's, those are the types of things that are going to make real differences in their lives. The, the physical aspect of it is just a byproduct of all of the other great things that it actually does bring. But the reason that the person comes to it is for the physical aspect of it, but the carryover into everything else, I guess is what I'm trying to say is 10 X and so much more important. The long run, when you look back and realize what it's actually done for you, especially for me too. Like when I first started training everything, it was all about the looks. 
You right. know what I mean? It was all about the six pack. It was all about having some muscle. It was all about being shredded. And then you look back after training for eight to 10 years and you realize what it's done for your life in every other aspect and how much it's just enhanced your life as a whole compared to like the, the body is just the byproduct of exactly. everything else that it's actually carried over into and improved yourself as. So, so yeah, man. And that's what like, <laughs> one more thought on that. No, I was just right about this in my newsletter also, but I feel people that you see that have been in shape for a very long time and have managed to maintain it almost seem to see like almost like a meditation practice in a weird way. I know I'm getting off on yeah. some random. No, I like morning, it. But yeah. it's not, again, it's not like talking about motivation. This is what this newsletter I was writing to talk about. This was about, it's not like, regardless if you're motivated or not, you go because you know how like, continuing with this discipline practice is going to carry over the rest of your life. It's not like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do rips. Like, if I don't do this, I'm going to feel like I'm letting myself down. And then I'm going to bring a worse version of myself to the world the rest of the day. But anyways, that's the rest of that train of thought. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree 100%. And we talked about this on your podcast, but why I'm so big on finding something that's sustainable and starting easy with one little habit and building on top of that instead of trying to take on the whole thing up front and like learn how to count calories count all of your macros train five six times six days a week like throw it all on you and then when you can't handle it because it's such a lifestyle change and it just frustrates you and and you stop let's start a little bit slower let's start with understanding um just your energy balance with your body understanding calories in versus calories out and counting those calories and and being mindful of your protein and getting in a few training sessions per week and let that build get comfortable there get some confidence and let that build up instead of letting yourself down with this all or nothing big approach of like we're going to have this crazy transformation in two months. I'd rather see you transform in five to six months, but do it in a slower way. That's going to just be more sustainable for the rest of your life. So no, yeah, man. 100%. And I think that's why I think that's why specifically when we're talking about nutrition, like diet camps are so hard for people like being vegan or going keto, going paleo, even like anything like that. Not that any of those are bad per se. And there's specific contexts or each of them are probably the best choice for some people. But mm-hmm. again, it's like for somebody that has always struggled with following a strict nutrition protocol, if I told them like eating keto is the only way for you to go, am I going to be able to help that person like, long-term? Are they going to be able to stick to that long-term? And I think that's a big thing now is so many like, leaders or figureheads in diet camps, like again, like the like the Game Changers documentary is a great example of this, right? Like, I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I full disclosure, <laughs> I haven't even watched it. I so, part of it and fell asleep too, but, but yeah, so I can't speak on it too in depth. But like, I know people that are like, everyone should be vegan. Saying any other way to diet is wrong. Um, and it's like, kind of like, okay, so maybe two in a thousand people can successfully stick to a diet for the rest of their life, a vegan diet for the rest of their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like, basically we're saying that's the only way to go. We can't have some flexibility within this to meet the individual where they're at. Then we're basically sacrificing 998 people that can't stick to this and just saying, well, you're kind of screwed. Just to fall by the wayside. So these two people can follow the quote unquote ideal diet. And that's, that's something that really, 
not at all. Like, that I hate when I think anything in life, we speak about anything within training nutrition dogmatically, we're really limiting the amount of people we can help as coaches. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I think that's not to toot our horns as coaches, but I think that's why our job is so important and what we do and not taking a dogmatic approach, uh, more of like the, the research camp of coaches, I guess, that right. look at it as helping the individual on where the individual is at. Just like, did you see Kai Green when that Game Changers documentary came out? I didn't. So Kai Green decided that he's going to go vegan and now he's um, putting out all of these eBooks on veganism and all this stuff to be able to make a quick buck off of it. And that's where a lot of the fitness industry is, is people take a dogmatic approach um, to their style of fitness and then try to push that on others because it's worked for them. Do you know what I mean? And so if that's all that the fitness industry consisted of is people selling those types of products, like a dogmatic type um, approach, follow this approach. And this is what's going to, this is what worked for me. So I guarantee it will work for you. If there wasn't the type of guys like us that are, that are going to take a step back and look at the individual and help the individual with where they're at and what's going to work for them instead instead of selling them what worked for us. Does that make sense? Oh, no, hundred percent. And I agree. And I talked about this with Matt McLeod when I very first started coaching, I remember my thing then was, I was following kind of, because I was following a keto diet for, it was well over a year I did it. It was like intermittent fasting in the morning keto. And then mm-hmm. every day I would do 15 to 20 minutes of walking lunges, just straight, which was 15 brutal. to 20 minutes of yeah, them? Brutal. But yeah. at the time I was like, and I had lost 45 pounds doing that over like a six month time frame. So I was sure. like, this is the way to go for my clients. This worked for me. So I had my clients doing walking lunges and it was, it was so dumb. Like, People were just like falling over and like, it, yeah. like within and same thing with nutrition, like nobody was getting results. And pretty quickly for me, I was like, wow, this is really what works for me clearly isn't going to work for all the gym pop people. But, and I think that's also like, as someone listening to this podcast or someone coaching yourself, you also have to take into account like what's realistic for you and your life and your experience level. And also realize like, Kai Green didn't get that jacked following a vegan diet. Exactly. I like where, yeah, exactly, man. So um, for you, do you still use coaches yourself? Yes, I do. Yeah. So I have a mentor that basically we, I worked with him as a coach for a long time. So I posted a couple things about my transformation on my Instagram, basically going through the process of getting ready for a photo shoot. Mm-hmm. So coach me, um, basically how it worked was I was, I trained out at a big box gym for a long time, what, four years. And then last October, so October, 2018, I decided to go all in on my online business. So were you doing any online stuff before that? Like, were you trying to train online or was it, was everything just in person? It was, I was trying to build the online. It was kind of a weird tension between the gym owner and myself, basically what happened is a new gym owner came in and it was always kind of um, not the best relationship with me, like trying to build my own thing and then training in the gym. Also, things really escalated and eventually came to a point where it's like, all right, I either have to, and same thing, like I couldn't devote enough time to build what I wanted with my online business while I was also working like 12 to 14 hours a day in the gym. I've got respect for that too. (laughs) 
I, when I, I, I train, it's like three, four, five clients in a day I was doing. I've backed off a lot of that recently, but that takes up a ton of energy, man. So just, oh, yeah. that much training in a day with others and giving your full energy and attention to them, that's a lot. And that's that's the thing. I was I just I can't build both. I have this vision for what I want, taking it way back to when I was writing out what I wanted for the next five years of my life. It was I want to have my online business where I'm educating people. I'm helping people on a very large scale. So I knew that was the next step that I had to take. So October, I went all in. On so about a year business. ago. Yes, sir. So it was cool. October 9th, 2018. Um, I worked with a business coach actually before that for a couple months, which they helped a ton building. But then I was like, like building systems, basically getting things like my email list, things like that started more on the business side of things. But I didn't really, so I worked with him for a couple months. I was like, I'm good. I think I can handle this on my own. So I quit and went all in my online business. And I just kind of floundered, actually. Like, things were decreasing. And so yeah. guy that was I was working with for Cody McBroom, um, yeah. guy I went through my transformation with, I actually hired him as a mentor as well. And truly, there's just something about having somebody who holds you accountable like, I truly believe in, we see this with our, with our clients too, right? Like most of us know what we need to do is just increasing the pain of actually make, to the point where like making not following through more painful, I think is like one of the most important things you can do to get what you want. So like from there, things took off a lot while I was last December. And since then I have just worked online. That's cool, man. That's really cool. I like um, where you went there with it. Most people, and I, with most of my clients, they could, I could give them a plan and send them off on their own, and they mm-hmm. could probably follow that plan and get really res- good results. Same with you. We could do that. But where most people fall short is they don't have any accountability except for to themselves. And, and if you right. bullshitted yourself in the past, it's pretty dang easy to bullshit yourself. No, 100%. Each and every week. Do you know what I mean? So that's where um, I just feel like it's so important, even for us as coaches ourselves. Like I cur- I've worked with a few business coaches in the past as well, and I, I'm not with one right now. But when I think about it, it's like it's not that I need them to teach me these different business tactics or things that are like get rich quick or do this and you'll bring on loads of clients each and every week. Do you know what I mean? I just need exactly. somebody there to – talk with and hold me accountable. Just like a lot of the people that I work with, they understand what to do, but it's just nice to be able to hop on a weekly call with me to reassure them of what they're doing is working and, right. and just to hold them accountable to what they're doing so they can actually follow through. They don't just have themselves answer to. They have an, an outside source that when they feel like at nighttime, like, oh, I might as well just get a pizza with my family or this or that. Like, Then they've got a little thing in the back of their head. Okay, well, I've invested money in this coach slash mentor to help me. That's going to go to waste. Plus, then I'm going to have to tell him what I did, and then he's going to ask why. And if I don't have a legitimate reason as to why, like, then what am I doing? Right. No, exactly. And that's uh, what I always tell my clients is like on the initial call that I hop on people with, I always say, if look, if three to six months down the road, you don't feel like I've given you the knowledge to continue this on your own. Like I want to teach you the how if you don't feel like I've given you that, yeah. then I failed you as a coach. Like that's my, that's why I always talk. I hammer the word education so much in the post because it is so damn important. Like people need to know why this works. 
and how they can apply all these different concepts with nutrition and training to their body to create what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I haven't given clients that, and I know you feel the same way, I'm not doing my job as a coach. But at the same time, that's what, like, for me, going through the crazy transformation as soon as I hired a coach. And I was a trainer for three, four years before that. That's what... I know what to do. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And that's... I like to call this leveraging situations. Again, it's like making not acting towards what you want more painful than just going and doing the whatever the harder thing might be. Like in my case, it was hitting my macros, training, same thing with clients. Like it's not like I always tell people, I'm not going to give you like this crazy macro split that you've never heard of. Like that's not why my clients crush it. It's not, oh, he found this new method of periodization and that's how all these people are getting so lean. It's we're going to get you really damn consistent because I'm fault. One, we're following a smart strategy that you can actually be accountable to very consistently and you're going to do it for a long time, but it's not like a magic method that nobody's ever heard of. It's just finding ways like that to force yourself to be more consistent. Absolutely, man. I, um, I couldn't agree with you anymore. And then it, again, it just comes back to finding something that meets you where you're at in the moment for each individual, finding what's going to work for them with their experience level, how committed they can be to what they're doing, what kind of food choices are going to work best for them. Just like we, you were talking about this before, how uh, you followed a keto type strategy and you were doing a ton of lunges every single day. I, when I first got into it, I was huge, huge on IIFYM. So I was almost like trying to talk my clients into eating junk just (laughs) to prove my point. You know what I mean? That they could eat like that and get results when in reality, was that the smartest approach to it? No, absolutely. Probably not. If, right. if that's what they wanted to eat, sure. But I was like, you need to eat these things so that you understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, when I in reality, that. looking back at it, it was like, that was dogmatic in itself, how I was going about it that way too. You know what I mean? But, right. but yeah, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> but you had good intentions. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what I'd like to talk a little bit like about training and, and your – just your strategies and, and what you do with clients a little bit too, if you're cool with that. Yeah, it's good. Cool, man. So with weight loss clients, so most of the people that I work with and probably a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast are um, weight loss type people, people le- looking to lose weight. So when you're working with somebody um, that has that sort of goal, what's like your go-to type of programming for that type of individual? And obviously it's very contextual to each person, but like your baselines, what you would focus on with, with that type of client and whatnot. Okay. So we're talking training or nutrition? Training. Okay. Training. Okay. So for training again, again, like you said, I'm glad you said it's very context dependent because that was going to be my answer. It is very context dependent, <laughs> but generally, okay. We know for most people, your nutrition, especially if you have a lot of, that's not especially if you have a lot of weight to lose, no matter what, when we're trying to get leaner, nutrition is the most important factor, right? Like it's Absolutely. probably 70 to 80, if not more, percent of your fat loss is going to come from the changes we make with nutrition. Now, your cardio, things like that, aren't going to, in the grand scheme of things, we just can't burn that many calories exercising. So instead, we want to do something that's going to, once you get leaner, we're going to add more muscle to your frame so you like how you look. Instead of like when you finally get there, you're not just going to feel skinny. We're going to have some muscle on your frame. Good. So we're going to focus most of our time. And again, this really depends on like how experienced the individual is coming in. But generally I say, okay, our number one priority is nutrition. Number two 
is going to be we're training two to three times a week. And again, it depends on their experience level, but generally it'll be three times, two to three times a week, full body, or if it's a dude. And again, like we could talk about how important it is to get people to buy in also, right? So like if it's a dude and like, I know for them, maybe it would be slightly more optimal if they train three times a week because they would burn a couple more calories, which again, isn't the biggest difference maker. But I know that like, okay, this dude said he wants to get bigger biceps. Then I would probably do like, a full body upper lower split because I know like for this guy, he just wants to pump up the biceps too. Right. And like long-term, if he's having fun doing things like that within his training program, I'm going to get more buy-in and he's going to see the gym as something that's fun instead of like, ah, oh, just go in there and do these hard ass workouts. And like, he actually has fun with it. So nutrition, number one, training, very important. And like within that, we're just focused on your basic movement patterns. So basically squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull at least twice a week frequency, from there, we're just adding in volume to isolation work, typically to focus on weaknesses. So like, you know, like little movements like face pulls, we probably need for most people coming in. We know they're going to need more hamstring, glute work, some core stability work, things like that. And if you want me to get more specific on this, just jump in. I'm happy to. No, no, but- I like, I talk about, I'm, I say the same stuff in my own episode. So I like that you're just reiterating so that it's not <laughs> doesn't know what the hell he's talking about so please keep going <laughs> so <laughs> so very much there it's okay we want to focus on getting you strong these foundational movement patterns now again detaching from dogma it's never like okay you're gonna come in squat barbell back squat barbell deadlift barbell bench press right like with all in all these patterns squat hinge lunge we have tons of different variations which before my clients start i have them go through a movement screen where they shoot me videos of them just going through the basic movement patterns, body weight. It's easy. They do in their living room, but I can see how I can see how they move. And yeah, it's very simple, but I can see how they move and I can see like, okay, they might have some mobility restrictions here and we know, okay, they probably a barbell deadlift is a good idea or like any pressing issues. We probably need more upper back volume because of like, dude mentioned it's shoulder pain and we probably want to limit overhead work. So there I can tweak little things like that. But yeah, it's really, we're going to train the foundation of movement patterns at least twice a week. I like to have one day more of a max effort day and one I day more. Day. Yeah. And again, like with clients like this, it's not like we're doing like one rep maxes or anything like that. A strength day is probably something more like, let's say four to eight. And then a repetition effort day is going to be something like, let's say eight to 50. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, not married to those rep ranges, but you get the general idea there. Um, so yeah, typically for a client like that, it would be just two to three times a week full body. Again, like on the initial call, I ask. Same thing with their nutrition, but with their training. Okay, like 100% realistic with me. I don't want you to tell me what you want to do. What right now, like how many times a week can you realistically work out? And like, if, yep. and I think that's the biggest thing is like, yeah, that'd be dope if you did five days a week upper lower push pull lower. But if you're telling me realistically, you you know for sure, and that's what I'm really really hard on people. Like somebody says four times a week, I'm like, are you sure about that? Like I want you to 100% commit right now that you can do that. Are you can you commit with certainty to that? And if not, I say okay, let's start with three times a week. We can always add more in the future. But the most important thing here is that we get you following something you can do super consistently, right? And I Actually, think like yeah, with absolutely. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, for sure. I'm the exact same way with on that first phone call when I'm talking with somebody. 
that's one of the biggest questions is how many days a week can you work out? And right. most of the time people are going to tell you more than, than exactly. what's actually realistic because they want um, the best results for possible. And in our, in just naturally as humans in our head, more is always better. Right. Right. But what most people don't understand is if you try to commit to five, six days a week, if that's pushing your schedule, going to add stress, if you end up missing a session or two with you, that could fall into, Oh, well I missed this session. So I might as well just say screw it for the rest of the week, or I might as well miss this session. And then it turns into this effect, this dominoes effect in a negative way, rather than somebody tells me they can work out five, six times a week. I'm like, all right, we're going to start with a three-day split or a four-day right. split. Prove to me that you can get those days in. And depending on how serious you are, then we can start to up it. But you have to prove that you can stick with it every single day so that the dominoes are going in a positive effect down instead of going backwards. Exactly. You know what I mean? Instead of exactly. self-sabotaging yourself, set yourself up the, in the easiest way possible for success to start building on these little wins to press it to to more in the future, like you said. But exactly, yeah. I feel like, like keeping it as simple as possible. And this is like the least. It's a weird thing within coaching because also I feel like when you're marketing yourself, there's such a need to like, or it's very natural like what to make what you do and sound like very sexy and it's like oh we have this crazy method, but really like. I think same thing applies to nutrition. Like the simpler we can keep this, the more likely our clients are to be successful, right? Yeah, I've turned that way more and more in my just in my content, my marketing in the last few months. Because when you first start out, absolutely, like you want to, it's it's natural to try to market yourself in a way that maybe you have something special. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Or like you've exactly. got this little thing that's going to help this person the absolute best. But what I've done a little bit in the last while is just try to like not act like I've got this special way to help you, right. but instead I'm going to help you with where you are at. And it, it's not nearly as sexy. And I'm going to actually, my process that I'm going to take with you is probably slower than you going and like buying a program or going keto or cutting out all these food groups. You could lose 30 pounds short in a couple months doing it that way. With me, I'm going to teach you how to do it in three to six months, but three to six months after, so let's say a year down the road, you would have learned how to keep that weight off instead of just losing it and then going through the whole yo-yo effect back and forth over time. So it's a bigger time investment up front, but in the end, um, you're going to be much happier with what you've done and the habits that that you've obtained. And marketing yourself that way, talk to me a little bit about that with you too, because that's something that I go back and forth with in my head because it's natural for us to want to like sell this sexy thing, but we're not selling anybody anything sexy. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Really, it's going to be a little bit slower of a process than just going out and buying into like some sort of a fad diet or something. But the results in the long run are obviously um, what you're hopefully investing in. But but yeah, tell me like that with you. Have you met, battled with oh, that yeah. in your head at all? So much. And I, I'm honestly so over talking about this because I love talking about this side of things too. From coaches marketing yourself. And I think really it's comes down to like, Short term, it makes more sense to be like, yo, I have this. You have never heard of this approach that I'm going to give you. This is going to give you the results. But like short term, you might pick up more clients like that. But if you want, just like anything else, like long term sustainability within your business, like thinking of like creating lifelong fans of your clients, right? Like I have so many clients that now, like I don't even work with them anymore. But every month I get more new clients from referrals from just because like 
made such a big impact on their lives and people see them now and like, damn, you look good. And it's like, they've stained it for years and years. And it's, so I think it's really like looking at it as short term versus long term. I know for me also a lot of trying to sound just trying to sound very, very smart. Like full disclosure for me, I always feel like I hear myself and this is why I don't listen to podcasts. I always feel how I talk doesn't sound as almost as intelligent as it should, if this makes sense. I know that's something I think we talked about this on my podcast too. With no, you. yeah, I, I hear you 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I saying. say, I say bro and dude and all this stuff all the time. And it's, I need to sound like I am like deep in the research, the smartest dude, yeah. especially because I've had this over the last year, my business has attracted a ton of coaches. I, I coached, I coached quite a few coaches. So probably like, you told me that. Yeah. Probably, I'd say like 60% of my clients are other coaches. And to Which me, is cool. It is dope. But when I started, I was like, I feel like, like all these people in coaching, like, they seem a lot smarter than me. Like, this is it. What's going on here? So I need to make myself <laughs> sound smarter. So I know for the longest time for me, I tried in my content, like, I would just dive deep, deep, deep into research, which I still love doing. But I feel I've gotten better about now. It's not so much like I need to prove to all these people how smart I am as to like, okay, I really want to understand this. And then I'm going to try to take this and make it sound as simple as possible. So I know anyone reading this can actually take something actionable from it instead of everybody being like, Oh man, Jeremiah is so smart. I have no idea what the hell that (laughs) post just meant, but he sounded smart, right? Um, That's what I was just going to say. Sorry to cut you off, but I I wanted to bring that up inside of your content. You can tell, you know, and coming from somebody else that's into the research and, and paying attention to all that kind of stuff. I just want to recommend or, or compliment you on that because you take that sort of the material and you put it in a way that's digestible for everyday people that I I really look up like to your graphics and everything um, that you put up there. They're very, very quality, man, for sure. So I just want, I, I had a note of that that I wanted to compliment you on. Dude, that, that means a lot to me. For I, yeah, you. yeah, since I followed you for the last while, I'm like, this dude's um, content is is spot on. So you absolutely know what you're talking about, and you're <laughs> well established in that sense. But I totally get what you're saying by trying to sound like um, really, really smart and intelligent and whatnot. But then it just comes off as more inauthentic as right. well. Too. And one thing that was my mentor said to me is – because I feel like I felt like the longest time and this really helped me again talking for like other coaches trying to build their business this for me it was like I got to keep proving people how smart I am once everybody sees like I'm smart enough then I'm gonna have a flood of like that's gonna be like my tipping point right (laughs) yeah like really it was like my mentor was like dude people know your people know you know what you're talking about like look at your content like it's really more about if you actually like spent more time relating to people and showing that side of it as well. And the, honestly, for me, I think that's one of, for both coaching people and being more good with being vulnerable and actually, like, yo, I struggle with this too. I'm speaking from experience here. Like this is what can help you. And then even in my content, also not just being like evidence-based, evidence-based, here's the science. Like mm-hmm. Actually focusing on relating to people also has helped a ton and just not feeling like, I constantly have to prove to people that I'm smart on Instagram because I feel dumb, right? Yeah, yeah. And into that, into the the business side of it a little bit, you've been doing this 
online anyway for about a year. I've coached exactly. online for the past like three years or so, but in in that I took about a year off. And mm-hmm. so I started back up getting really serious with it again about the same time as you. And what I found is just the more consistent you stay, you feel like once people understand that you're the smartest or think that you're the smartest guy um, in the room to help them. That's when all the leads are going to come in. Really, it just comes from being very consistent, building relationships with people um, online. And over time, it just starts to kind of stack, right? Those first three to six months are pretty quiet. And you're like, okay, this might not work out. Maybe I should go try and figure something else out. But as you're into it on these latter six months, you've been into it a year from now, people are familiar with you. They know you as a person. They're comfortable with you as a person. And they have some trust in you, regardless of the material that you're really posting. Do you know what I mean? And and obviously, we need to stay up to date on the research and be providing quality um, content to people. But really, the clients come from seeing what you've done with previous clients, from referrals. Um, from from having good relationships with with clients and just building that trust factor with people over time to understand, okay, if I'm going to invest in you, like it's going to be worth it. I'm going to have your full attention. I've seen what you've been able to do with with others, and then it just slowly starts to grow. Coaching is definitely a, a slow grind. Would you agree? Oh, sure. Especially no. online, anyway, for sure. Online is very slow, and that's one thing I feel people don't understand. Like for me, I started. You know, Mind Pump. Who? Uh, the podcast Mind Pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've listened to a. I haven't listened to a ton of it, but I've listened to a couple episodes just because I've seen it throughout social media and whatnot too. So okay. yeah. So for me, for like the first three years of coaching, I always like again I had this end goal of building my online business. Not end goal, but my goal was to build my online business. But I just didn't do anything about it. I didn't post online anything like that. I started blogging from Mindpump actually, and that was like my kick in the butt too. Oh, that's cool. Okay, you got to start. You got to start posting. So for me, that's what I've been posting once a day for two and a half years now, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like what I always tell people when they hit me up and like, yo, like you only have like 1,300 followers. How do you have a business from this? And then like, how do I do that? It's like, Honestly, dude, like I'd say try, <laughs> I don't know, try posting every day for two years. And that's what I feel like truly yeah. though, that's, there's yeah. not that I've seen has anybody ever just like found a hack where it's like the quick, again, it's, there's no quick fixes in this field either. I feel like it's just, really actually caring about people, giving people a ton of value for a very long time. And then eventually like when the people that follow you need help, you'll be the first person that they think of. Right. Mm -hmm. I have that same thing. I mean that, yeah, that's happening. I'm seeing the effects of that now and I'm sure you are uh, too, but like people that have followed forever and it's like, getting no applications. Nobody's trying to talk to me in that first while. And now it's like consistently people that I've kind of just been in contact over with, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Over the last oh, year yeah. or so are reaching out and asking advice and wanting to hop on a phone call to talk about it. And then potentially wanting to work with me because now that they have the trust. And I feel right. like that this will probably be very helpful to a lot of coaches that are just coming into the industry. And I know there's some of those guys that do listen to this podcast as well, um, that there are no quick quick fixes or it's just like your your fitness plan getting into shape your business right. especially this type of business any business really is very very similar the amount of patience that you need and the amount of consistency that you need for a really long time to build a compound effect to be able to look back mm-hmm. and, and realize what you've built and now it's finally gaining traction over a really long time is crucial because i was very oh, much in the first while like i started following this guy he he showed me that 
there was this quick way that I could start making $10,000 per month and uh, bought into it, spent, spent a good chunk of money on it. And, uh, clearly it didn't work that way. That was a year ago <laughs> at this point. Things are just picking up and starting to, to really roll. So absolutely. Sorry. I just went off on a tangent there. But no, dude, I, I agree a hundred percent. And that's as probably the least patient person in the world. I can Me also too. relate. <laughs> I know <laughs> I feel it's the personality type of anybody that does this is also very impatient. And so it's constantly like, ah, oh, come on. Why is, yeah. why is, why aren't things growing faster? But truly it's, like for me, it's crazy to look back and like, like I know like for me, the first six months of posting, I didn't get like trying to get online clients. It took me six months before I got my first online client. Mm-hmm. And then it was like really like a year into it. I finally like started to pick up some steam. And then now that I've been like coaching people online for multiple years, like now it's really picking up. But again, and it's like, it just, it just takes time. Like mm-hmm. Same thing. Like what you're talking about, like people in your DMs, like, most of my clients that apply their DMs, like we've been going back and forth for like over a year now. Like they ask yeah. a question, I hit them back, like give value, give value, give value, give value. And eventually, but it's never, very rarely does somebody just hit you up like in your DMs and it's like, hey, let's start crushing tomorrow, right? Like, And when they do, you, when they do, you, pro- you kind of understand that they might not be the best client in the world. They're exactly, kind of an yeah. important type of person they haven't built a relationship with yet. Exactly. But people that have been following you for a long time, I'm like, I have had other situations where like we've gone back and forth for a long time, not really like me trying to sell, just me providing value, helping them out however I can. And then those people talking about how important buy-in is, those people are so bought in. They've seen your results with clients. They know you know what you're talking about. That when they do start coaching with you, they crush it because yeah. they're right. Like, and I'm, you've, have you seen that also? Absolutely. The client that I get that wait a while before signing up with me are always the best clients because they've already, they already have that buy-in factor. Like you were talking about before they already, you know what I mean? They're not buying with a hope they're buying because they know that you can get them to where they want to, they want to be. Right. And I'm not at all saying other people don't crush it. And obviously (laughs) obviously we do everything possible to get everyone the best results. But what I'm saying is like for coaches listening, don't be frustrated if somebody DMs you and they just want help and they don't they're not like ready to hop on a call with our coaching. Yeah, I feel like people sabotage themselves. In I that agree. Way. I get people that talk to me about that all the time. Like they'll ask me a question and they're hesitant to ask a question because and then when I just a lot of the times I'll shoot them a video back. They'll ask me a question. I do the same, yeah. I'll just video them back my answer. Cause it's not only faster for me, but then they see my face and I'm interacting with them. Right. You know what I mean? And they're, they're amazed. They're like, Oh my gosh. Like the last guy I talked to um, gave me a little bit of advice, but then he just wanted to get me on a phone call to, um, to get me to buy something. And, and when you do that, people realize that you're in it just to try to make a quick buck. Right, right. You know what I mean? You're not there to actually help. So if you'll just take the time, help somebody. And if they're the type of person that, um, down the road that you've built trust with that person. And so mm-hmm. if they still feel stuck and still feel like they need more help, then they're much more likely to come back to you because they, they know that you're a genuine type of person that's just there to truly serve and help people. Cause at, in what we do, that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day, regardless 100%. like in our content, your content, especially everybody's, um, a lot of people could go out and get really great results just from the content that we provide. Right. Right. Yeah. And I would say, like, honestly, on the flip side of that conversation, too, you know, you can change people's lives. You know the value. 
also don't be scared to like make people aware that you can help. Cause I know that's something that I struggled yeah. with also for the longest time. Like me too. I don't like, and I know like the whole money thing is a weird for a lot of coaches, especially is a weird, like you're giving people value. So don't be scared. Basically like, don't be scared to put out like also, like, yo, I have this service. I kick ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that's what, like the flip side of the conversation is, Sometimes people like you give value, give value as much as possible. I think that's the secret, the secret, quote unquote, to growing your business, giving value. But then on the flip side, there comes a point like we talk about where sometimes for people to follow through, they need to make a bigger commitment, right? Like they don't need to just keep collecting information. Yeah. And that's where like actually having a coach comes in also. So don't, I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but no, don't. I I get exactly what you're saying. You're basically saying help, 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 but don't be scared to know your value and offer your service to people if you truly feel like they need it. That doesn't mean that somebody asks for just a little bit of help right up front. Be like, I can help you if you pay me this amount of money, this amount of money. No, build those relationships. But at the same time, I I couldn't agree anymore. And this comes with time too. We're kind of going off on a whole coaching rant, but (laughs) I love it though. Yeah, I love talking about this end of it too, because it's just in my blood. But anyway, I'm going to lose my train of thought too. What I was saying was that know your worth and with time, you'll get more comfortable, like hopping on um, initial calls with people to talk about their, what they need. And then talking to them about your service at first. I mean, I was shaken. Oh, you know what I mean? I was scared. Yeah. I was so scary. scared out of my boots and you're just nervous, but with time you get more comfortable. And when you start to understand, like when you start to help people, you give out a lot of content, you help maybe even a few people for free. You start to realize that you can really help people. Don't be afraid to, to know your worth. And, um, if you feel like somebody really does need your help, I do the same thing. If I'm talking with somebody like we get into a deep conversation, it's like, dude, you're the type of person or not just dude, but girl too. I could really help you through my coaching service. Here's what it is. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about if it's something that you'd be interested in. Right. Right. No, yeah. I love it. And then, well, I, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Tell me what you're going to say. <laughs> I think the last thing I'm not on that one, one last thing on coaching sure. is talking about exchanging like money is essentially an exchange of value, right? Mm-hmm. So like, if you want to be more valuable, if you want to give people more value, always be learning also. Like see, yeah. and I think that's another big problem is people come and start at the gym and they take their cert, they never continue to learn. Mm-hmm. But like if you want to, again, like, and it, obviously it's not, I love coaching people. You love coaching people. That's why we do it. But if you want to make this into something that's sustainable for you for life, the best way to do that, to make yourself more valuable, increase your value by constantly learning more. Yeah, I love that. But that's all I had on that. I love that, man. Well, I want to be um, respectful of your time and whatnot. So I got one more question for you, if you're cool with that. Let's get it. Cool. So as coaches and everything, we seem like we know exactly what's going on with our health. We're professionals at it. But we still struggle with certain aspects in it too. And I think it's super relatable to um, discuss that a little bit and the things that you struggle with in your own fitness journey yourself. So that's the question. In your life at the moment, what's your business, biggest struggle inside of your own um, fitness goals? Fitness goals. Let's see. Honestly, man, I hate cardio. That's a big one for me. <laughs> um, actually... I would say for me, the biggest struggle 
and this is something I'm just talking about client, is actually going through the process of getting lean. And then like photo shoot lean. I like I I hate cardio, but I like it because again, like taking it back to like the discipline thing, it's very rewarding to like push yourself through that. I would say this is what I'm struggling with right now. Again, I was talking to a client about this. Yeah, that's the yeah. process of getting shredded for a photo shoot to a point I definitely couldn't sustain. I think for me, then like after that, I service, saw you got really, really lean. That was, yeah. was pretty recent. Yeah, you look good, man. And then, but like since then, going through the process of like, okay, I actually need more body fat to be able to build muscle, to <laughs> feel good, to have more energy. But like going through the process of like looking in the mirror, I mean, like, and that, it's just weird how your mind gets twisted around, which I'm glad I've gone through this also because I, like I have clients that have gone through getting ready for photo shoots things like that. And I can talk to them about this also, like just understanding how different your perception of yourself is, especially like for this couple days where you are in like amazing shape for an event like that. Then like looking at myself in the mirror, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm getting a little chunky there. Like, what's going on? When like in reality, like, I'll see pictures or videos of myself and it's like, oh shit, like that's really what it looked like? Like why why do I do this? But and I think everybody struggles like that. Again, I was yeah to a certain extent, like, I was just emailing a client about that. Now I know that's not that's more no. like a psychological thing than I I love that answer, dude. I'm the I struggle with that big time in when I first discovered um calories and macros and that whole situation that really understand how to control your body composition. I was so obsessed with getting lean that I kept myself in a caloric deficit for like, it was like the first two, two and a half years. I got super shredded. I was really, really lean, but I had such a hard time getting over the fact of um, coming out of it and putting on a little bit of body fat and oh, yeah. understanding right. that I'm, pro- I'm healthier with a little bit more body fat than I am sitting in a caloric deficit eating 1,800 to 2,000 calories per day. I might as well put on a little bit, let my hormones get back to normal, not be so food focused um, and everything that I'm doing and just in, enjoy my life healthily, but not like be obsessive about how crisp that my abs are. No, exactly. I still yeah. go through it too. When I get lean, I still go through those same That's things. So. Every, it's so, and I honestly think it just, people need to talk about it more. I think because yeah, it's, I don't, I, for me, I know what helps a lot is one taking water body measurements, but also like focusing on like, cause then you can see like, Oh, look at that. Like my quads are growing or my biceps are growing yeah. measurement, measuring progress in the gym. And then again, like focusing on how you feel. Then like all these situations you take so much more enjoyment out of that you can enjoy now. Like, okay, like now I can actually go to dinner with my girl Things yeah. like that. That's really what I try to get clients to focus on. But honestly, man, I would say over the last six months or so, that's the biggest thing for me that as far as training and nutrition goes, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I like that answer. I think that's super relatable because I think a lot of people struggle in that sense. Everybody's always so focused on getting lean and fat loss that they don't understand that sometimes it's best to to come at. You don't have to be super shredded to be healthy or or feel right. good or feel confident. So I love that, man. I like I said, I really do appreciate you coming on just to finish this thing up. I feel like we had a really good conversation. Yeah, dude, that was yeah. super fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Where can people find out more? Um, about you, your IG, if you want to push them like to your, your website, your podcast, let people know about your podcast as well. And, sure. um, yeah. So my Instagram is just Jeremiah bear. 
last name B-A-I-R. My website is barefit.com, B-A-I-R-F-I-T.com. I post weekly blogs there. Um, Living Lean, Living Lean Podcast, the Living Lean Podcast, <laughs> to be released very like soon. One, two, three weeks, let's say. Cool. <laughs> and my guy right here will be on episode number three, I believe it is. So make sure you give that a listen. Awesome. And I think that's pretty much it, man. Cool, man. Well, um, I'll make sure and, and link your Instagram below. Um, when that podcast comes out, I will make sure and um, share that on my stuff too as well.